Welcome to the Kitchen Sink meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Please note, we will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Now is the time for the leader to qualify. That's me. Great. Ed Alome, a compulsive overeater. So, so excited to be here. So happy to see all the familiar faces. Look at this. This meeting is huge. I love it. Um, I used to be in L.A. I actually, for those who don't know, I uh, came back to Miami. My family lives in Miami. Um, And so in June, I came back thinking I would only stay for three months. It's just a break. Um, And then (laughs) life happened. And I actually, it was tough because I had to actually um, give up my apartment in L.A. for financial reasons and move back in with my family uh, in Miami. But, um, you know, it's everything's turned a corner, and I'll, I'll include that in my share. So it's, it's for the best, and I'm so glad I can still connect with you guys virtually. So this is definitely a gift. Um, you know, I want to talk about, a lot of people know my story, but of course I will tell it for those who don't, but I, I really want to, you know, um, I guess unpack it, especially in the lens of God, higher power, because I'm currently working step 11 and I had a massive spiritual awakening, um, especially in the sense of, uh, God as I understood God. Um, I came to this program with a very clear sense of God from a religious background. And then, um, you know, about seven or eight years in, that God wasn't working anymore. Um, so, you know, let me start from the beginning. Uh, again, I was uh, born in Nigeria, raised to Nigerian parents who were very Christian. I'll just say it. Um, that's how we were raised. Um, but I was a compulsive overreader as a child. Um, I remember when I was, uh, uh, 13, um, I, my, I got so overweight that the doctor said, if I keep eating the way I'm eating, I am going to not make it to my twenties. Um, so that's when I started dieting. So I was, you know, it was always compulsive overeating is, that's really my, um, like my my core issue. Um, I'm so and I'm sorry. I'm I'm at a loss for words this morning. I'm taking medication that is making it hard for me to speak, and it's really really tough. So I'm so sorry. Just bear with me. I usually speak a lot better than this. Okay. Um, So that started a cycle of dieting, binging, dieting, binging, and um, just insane eating. I kept gaining weight, kept losing weight. And, you know, I tell people that, you know, when I'd lose weight, especially as a teenager, uh, people would be so happy for me. They would be like, oh, you look amazing. You look great. You're you're so beautiful. And so then that kept um, the compulsion going, and it kept the insanity going. Um, Luckily, in college, I was able to find some semblance of uh, recovery in an eating disorder program. So that helped. Um, but I didn't really have a word for uh, what compulsive overeating was until um, I was living in, 
I, so I, I graduated from college, uh, moved to LA, um, was still, you know, yes, I knew I had an eating disorder, but I still was trying to control my food. Um, hit rock bottom again, not, not just physically and emotionally, um, mentally, but also financially. And actually moved back, um, in with my parents. So this was around 2009, um, here actually in Miami. And I had a friend come visit me and she was saying how her uh, brother uh, needs to be in a 12-step program for a particular substance, but she feels that he uh, doesn't need it because he's not raging. He just has to have this substance every day. And to me, that was the sanest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean, if he just needs a substance to get through the day, life is awful, you know, and if we have to take something to get through it, what's the problem with that? And I just remember she looked at me like, I can't believe that's the way you look at life. And, you know, even with like a, a religious background, so sorry about this, um, I still felt that way. You know, I really did not, life to me felt like, like this endless trudging. And it's something, you know, I, I, I still struggle with. So, you know, that's really what caught my attention was, well, if um, there's a 12-step program for people who need a substance to get, or people, for people like my friend's brother, maybe there's a 12-step program for me with food. And that's literally how I found program. It was a total god shot. I'd never heard of OA before. I'd never met anyone in OA. Uh, my first meeting uh, was a uh, newcomer meeting. Um, oh, and I, I'm glad I can share this because um, it was a newcomer meeting uh, here in Miami, a very popular one. And when I walked in, uh, nobody looked like me. I was definitely the only person of color. Um, I sat in a corner um, coming from my religious background, seeing things like a serenity prayer and hearing things like 12 traditions um, and uh, higher power. I, I really thought it was a cult. I was like, this is, this is weird. This makes me very uncomfortable. And so I sat by the door, literally sat by the door and I was like, it's cause I'm, you know, I, I didn't want to be rude. So I was like, let me wait for the meeting to end and then I will leave. But then someone stood up and I hope you don't mind, but I, I would like to say his name. His name, uh, was Nevin. Um, he looked, Nothing like me. <laughs> he was, I, I believe, believe at that time he was in his 50s, um, Caucasian, um, completely different religious background. But it, the kind of, and I always say the kind of guy, if we're walking down the street, I would look at him and be like, that guy has no idea what my life is like. How could he? But then when he stood up and shared his story, it was like he was reading my journal down to the T from the types of foods he binged on. From the cycle of dieting um, and binging, from even body image stuff, um, and then really most importantly of that feeling of not wanting to live. Life just felt like this struggle, this endless, endless struggle that he really was not looking forward to. He really, really hit a bottom. But he ended his share by saying, and now today, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. I wake up every day so excited and so grateful for this big, beautiful life I have. 
And I remember like getting emotional because I was like, oh my God, I want that so badly. I've never felt that way. Um, I want what he has. And I share that because he recently passed. And it was a shock for all of us here in uh, Miami because he was a long timer and he, you know, thank God he died abstinent. But, you know, thank God for him. If it wasn't for him, I would not have come back. If I didn't hear what he said, I would not have come back. And so um, it just shows how important sharing our story is. Um, so from there, I found a sponsor. Um, I found someone who had what I wanted, similar to, to Nevin. She just glowed. She seemed just so at peace and at happy and happy with herself, just really glowed from within. And I picked her right away to be my sponsor. Um, I got abstinent pretty quickly, but then, um, <laughs> as many people said, that's when all the feelings started coming up. I was very, very, very angry a lot, and I had to work through a lot of stuff. Um, so, uh, but, you know, I was able to do it, and um, uh uh, got abstinent, sorry, I already said that, got abstinent pretty quickly, and, um, you know, was in recovery in Miami, like, a good, uh, you know, 2009 to, like, 2016, and had, like, a really solid basis, and all that time, I would say that um, my relationship with God was what really um, laid a really strong foundation for my recovery, like I said, I was brought up with a religious idea of God, so I always felt connected to a higher power. I always felt like that higher power had my back. That's the word I'm looking for. I never doubted that, ever, until I moved to L.A. Um, in 2016, um, found you guys, this big, beautiful program, so that was there and taken care of, but... Um, I was really struggling, and the area, a lot of people know my struggle was really in um, career. Um, I, you know, I was in an industry that was just really tough. And here's, here's why my uh, view of God had to change, because when I, when I was saying a God that had my back, um, I felt it was becoming a God that was like a genie. I like to use the parking lot analogy or I'm sorry, the, park, the parking space analogy. A lot of people use this, and I think it's great. But, you know, a lot of people say uh, they were praying for a parking space, and it showed up, and they're like, thank you, God. I'm the type of person that <laughs> I pray for that, and if it doesn't show up, I get so angry. I get so resentful at God. I'm like, God, you don't have my back. Uh, why do you hate me so much? Um, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I should just give up. And that was how God was getting for me. In fact, I to this day, uh, I I told my sponsor I had to let go of the word prayer because prayer for me became asking. And you know, and in my you know religious upbringing, that's kind of what it was. We're always asking for, at least you know, my experience, asking for a miracle, asking for this, asking for that. And what happened is that it raised my expectation. So I was always so expectant of God. So especially in this career, which, you know, now looking back, I know it's just it was just really difficult. But um, and, and, you know, maybe there were other paths I could have taken, but I was getting it in my recovery, you know, around 2016, 2017 in just this constant, constant resentment. And I felt like it was really, really affecting my food recovery and everything. 
So um, I actually happened to get a new sponsor. The sponsor I had, she was in Miami. We had the same kind of religious upbringing. So I got a new sponsor um, here in L.A. who's wonderful. I don't know if she's here today, but she's the best. And she really helped me because she um, did not have that. She came to program with kind of a more organic sense of a higher power, right? And uh, encouraged me to kind of try to start letting go of my idea of a higher power and find a new one that fit for me. Like, what does your higher power need you to be? And the most transformational uh, moment um, was actually recently during uh, lockdown. I took um, part of a big book workshop, incredible, incredible workshop. And we were working on step, um, like steps two and three, where you, uh, he encouraged us to find a God of our own understanding and what God, what we want God to be for us. And I really love the way he had us, like literally ask us to write out, like kind of what we felt, what we needed God to be to us. So I wanted to share what I wrote. Um, I said, my struggle is with God that, um, I'm sorry, let me start over. My struggle is that uh, reality for me, more often than not, feels like a slap in the face, feels like a punch in the gut, feels like a bitter, swill, uh, a bitter pill to swallow, or like a rude awakening. But I'm slowly realizing that that has come from years of believing that God is supposed to shield me from reality, that God is supposed to be like this warm blanket protecting me from the cold, cruel world. But now I realize that God is reality, and God's will is defined as reality as it's presently manifesting in my life here and now. So my prayer to God, or my ask to God, is to please help me to not just accept reality, but to fully embrace it so that reality is now the warm blanket that I willingly wrap myself in one day at a time. And yeah, so that's, that's like my, that's my new concept of God. God for me is, is reality as it's presently manifesting. And like I said, for that reason, I, I've, come to practice meditation more because uh, my, my sponsor actually gave me this great book that basically explains meditation in its simplest form is acceptance. And I really, on a daily basis, need to remind myself, first thing, that I where I am today, what is happening right now is exactly as it's supposed to be. Because for so long, I was waking up every morning thinking like, okay, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I just fix this, fix this, fix this. I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. And then I was always waiting for things to get better, things to change. Whereas now I have this radical acceptance of, no, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. And that is a whole, whole new way of living for me. Hey, tell me five minutes. Five minutes? Um, you know what? Can I, can I give more time for questions? Is that, is that allowed? Or do I need to speak? to the end of five minutes. I wouldn't mind. No, you can finish early if you like. Okay, great. Yeah, because I, like <laughs> I feel like, you know, um, I guess let me bookend um, how that's 
how things have really changed. So like I said, I moved to L.A. for an industry job, was really, really struggling, and then had that kind of radical acceptance, right? And really felt, and you guys, you guys were there on my journey. I remember even at the log cabin, I shared what was happening. And I finally, you know, kind of gave up that industry job and really just focused on, you know, getting my finances together and really just trying to be present in whatever life was going to bring me, you know, in that moment. And lo and behold, all of a sudden I got, um, an industry job, um, a very small one, but I got one and, you know, it was, it was gratifying. It was great. Um, but then, you know, when I had to move back to Miami again, I found myself having to say, you know what, um, maybe I need to let go of LA for now and just focus, stay present in Miami for whatever Miami brings, just be open, acceptance, and really just had, again, that kind of radical acceptance and willingness. And then I got an even bigger industry job. I mean, the biggest, biggest job of my career, more money than I've ever made in my entire life, doing exactly what I've always wanted to do. And if that's not a miracle of, I wouldn't say just recovery, but of my new concept of God. I don't feel, I know all of this wouldn't be happening if I didn't make that shift. So I'm so thankful for that. And with that, I will end. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you're using video and have a question, please raise your hand. If you're using audio only, please click the raise your hand icon. And so I pick, right? Yes. All right. Let's see. Ooh, hands raised. Okay, uh, Steph G. Hi, um, I'm Steph G, Compulsive Overeater. Um, thank you so much for your share. You did wonderfully. Forget about medicine. You did great job. So I just wanted to ask you, um, so, you know, I've been here only about a maybe a month or so and I've I've tried to um work with a sponsor and um I just felt really judged the whole time.